the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's one of those days where I don't talk a lot of business headlines. I talk a lot of personal finance, college, career concepts. How important is college today? I think it's critically important to have a degree. College is irrelevant as far as what you learn. It's relevant as far as showing that you can get up early and stay up late and finish your projects on time for four years in a row. It's the pre-job job. Your job when you go to college is to finish it. If you don't, people like me will hold it against you. You want to be hands-on. You want to develop real skills. The one thing that I regret the most is not networking well in college. It's too much of a lone wolf. I've been a lone wolf my whole life. I'm an alpha male lone wolf. It's kind of sad. I know you're saying, are you going to see that movie with vampires and wolves? No. People see that movie, and you know which one it is. Any self-respecting male who's seen any of the Twilight movies, give me your card. Give me your man card, because you lose it. This is a great story about vampires. <laughs> what did you just say? I don't even know. I just think I choked on my own tongue. Doesn't biting your own tongue suck? You accidentally bite your own tongue, and then, like, next thing you know, you have to talk to a woman, and, like, your tongue's hanging out your mouth, and you can't quite feel it. It's falling asleep or something like that. So college is increasingly irrelevant. But it, it teaches you how to observe people, and that's what you should be doing. It teaches you that you should be networking. I once hung out with 50 Cent, back when he was a quarter, two dimes, and a nickel. He had great energy. He had great self-confidence. He loved life. That's pretty good advice to you. Have great energy, have a lot of confidence, and love life. Treat each woman, treat each man in your life as if they are a different country or culture that you've never run into. It's pretty good advice. So you stop treating people the same way, and you approach everyone as a craft, and it'll make things unique and special. When you want to craft your career, and I, I do think it's a craft, you know, as the woman's conference last year for Visa, which I didn't quite get the concept of what a woman's conference is until you go in there and there's... A lot of estrogen. You're like, whoa, there's a lot of chicks here. Oh, yeah, it's a woman's conference, and you're supposed to be empowering women. And Anyway, Michael Phelps' mother was there, and she talked about how he had this great passion for swimming. I'm like, he probably ruined his childhood. 
you probably ruined his childhood throwing him in the pool every day. <clears throat> but yeah, he became a fish, and he's a good sw- swimmer because he's a fish. Do you remember the NBC show back in the 80s called Manimal? Part man, part animal, solved crimes. He was able to change into any animal. That'd be a pretty good skill. Except for in our society, say he's changed into a cheetah. So you can really catch a criminal who's out running you. Someone would shoot you. That wouldn't be that good of a trick. Most important step to craft a career path is to do things that you generally are interested in. I'm lucky that I get to talk to you and help you get to retirement each and every day. Because I genuinely want to help you get to retirement. I'm tired of people like Jim Cramer who get you involved in the stock market and get you in this trading mentality. Who get you into crappy stocks and forget to get you out of them. It's just the name of the game. There's a new book that I'll be talking about during the show about how bad the financial advice industry actually is and how careful you need to be when approaching it. Again, we've seen every stock that's loved go higher. It can't go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. It's not Jack and the Beanstalk kind of world. Um, it is a t- kind of world where you know you get you're looking for eight to ten percent a year. You're not looking for ten, twenty, thirty, forty percent a year. The higher the risk, the more the pullback. So the stock goes up a hundred percent. And this was a lesson that was taught really, really well, and again and again and again in the 1990s. A company like Yahoo or Excite or Lycos would go from 50 to 100, and then sure enough, it would go from 100 to 70. And people were like, that's okay, I get it, because you know, it just went 50 points in like three days, four days, five days. So one of the things that I'm throwing out here is that uh, corrections are normal, and they're very healthy. In hyper-growth stocks, a stock like an Intuitive Surgical, a company like an Apple, a company like a Lululemon, they got that hyper-growth. And at the first sense that it's going to break and go into growth, stock's going to break and it's going to fall apart. 10% correction, is that enough for you to jump in? 20% correction takes a little bit more risk out of it. 30% correction, there's almost no risk now in theory. Eh, wait for that 40% on the hyper-growth stocks, because it's going to happen. It happens to the best of stocks. It happens to the greatest of stocks. Companies that could do no harm will pull back. What you're looking for is a company like a McDonald's, like a Nike. Um, you're looking for a company that's been around since like a Caterpillar, a John Deere, a DuPont. Take a look at their 10, 20, 30, and 40-year charts and, and say, okay, pullbacks are normal and healthy. The best example that I can give or the, the biz, biggest blowout of this story would be to say, let's go back to last hundred years, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You'll see a chart that, if you take a look at a chart of the last hundred years, slowly, 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 slowly moves up. It starts in the lower left corner and it kind of gets to the upper middle right corner, right? So you can kind of see it as a slope. I don't do angles. Maybe it's a, I don't know. Not a 90-degree angle, I know that. So maybe like a 30-degree angle, slowly going up. But inside that 100 years, you have a World War I, you have a World War II, you've got a Kennedy assassinated, you've got a Reagan shot, you've got a World War, well, you've got 
Korean War, you've got nuclear war, you've got two bombs, Nagasaki, Hiroshima. You have the Falkland Islands, where the sheep had to be nervous, which, that's such an odd, old, vague reference. You can tell that you have to almost be a news junkie to remember that one. But uh, yeah, so taking a look at the Dow, which is, I think is one of the greatest stocks, it's the greatest stock market of all time, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with it. You'll see that it gets through events, but there are moments where it underperforms. Maybe it's the 60s. You know, maybe it's the 80s versus the, the 80s, like retail did super well. The 90s, financials and tech stocks did super well. There's areas where you can break it in and micromanage it, but everything has corrections, and corrections are normal and healthy. Um, right now, I've got some hair on my head, but when I was a younger man, I actually had it down to my shoulders for a period of my life. Um, and to get it to your shoulders, you'd have to clip it. You'd have to cut off the unhealthy ends. So you had to cut your hair to grow your hair. Same thing with stocks on occasion. For stock to be healthy, it cannot always go into 52-week highs. You don't want that in any way, shape, or form. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me online at robblack.com, Rob Black Show on Twitter. It's my handle. YouTube, Rob Black Show. And you can always email me, rob at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. There's um, always something to be thinking about as far as investing goes. I tend to like to break money down into different concepts. Young people, old people, retired people, married people, females, males, in debt, single, parents, children. Then you can break down in like, Investing, income, expenses, debt, college, insurance, retirement, tax rules. I think you can always, always look at it that way. It's interesting. One of the big concepts we've been talking about or hearing about, if you listen to financial media recently, is the concept of the middle class and how it's been obliterated. And what's interesting to note about that is I think there is some truth to that, but I also think that our middle class is living better than they ever have before. I remember when I was 20 years old, I watched TV on a 20-inch television. Now, 42 is the the smallest that's acceptable. So cars were a lot junkier than they are today. You get the basic idea. So joining me now, Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hi, Rob. Sitting in, co-hosting. Uh, any big changes in your life from back in your 20s to where you are today? 
You kind of agree yeah, with quite me. quite a few. My hair was also quite a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things you talk about on this show, or not on this show, but on the station, is real estate. And that's one of the components that obviously is all tied towards creating wealth. We create wealth mm-hmm. from age 20 to 60. Um, we have to have somewhere between forty dollars and $100,000 saved, hopefully by age 30 in the Bay Area. Forty thousand dollars if you're going to like live in Ohio in some small suburban town in Ohio, which that doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, yeah, a lot of people are still uh, into real estate. It's still one of the biggest topics right now. Um, it's certainly hit the news quite up often. Um, I think down payment is a big thing that a lot of people still uh, underestimate, and the, and the power of getting rid of mortgage insurance and. You know, I think people still um, want to get the lowest rates. They want to minimize the amount of of, of um, monthly debt, but still have a great place to live. You know, the pride of ownership is something that a lot of people also underestimate. I love owning a house. I think it's one of the best things I've ever done. But I would never have done it if um, if I didn't save enough money. And I think there's still a lot of people that still try to buy with low down payment programs. And you know, it's unfortunate that the 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 government still has these. Now we're gonna, I think we all know about qualified mortgages and those things coming up, uh, which is putting us back into the pre-bubble uh, guidelines. Um, and I think it's going to normalize the real estate market quite a bit more than it has over the last 10 years. One of the things that you brought up, and you just brought up like nine different concepts, so you need to relax, chill, and focus, focus. But real estate, um, the down payment issue. Mm-hmm. It's Phil Mickelson recently got caught saying that he's 62 to th- 63% of what he makes goes to taxes. Right. So coming up with the concept of money down, when people like me say, hey, put 15% of your money automatically into retirement. So suddenly Phil Mickelson would be at 75, 77%. So he gets 23% take home after me and after his taxes. How do you, like, saving money on a down payment, it, it, it has to be like a discipline. It has to be almost an art. Now, again, we're not all Phil Mickelson millionaires and highest tax bracket in the federal, highest tax bracket in the state of California. But it's, it's, it's humbling, to say the least, especially if you want to go out and have some fun. Um, absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that people have to definitely do is discipline. You know, it's hard, Rob, especially watching home prices go up, because every time it goes up, uh, you go, oh, i got to save more money, i got to save more money. I can hardly keep, keep up with the, um, the home prices going up, and then rates might go up. It's, it's really stressful, and I think having good discipline um, – you know, making sure you fund your retirement first, take care of your family, have a good place to live, be in the right school district. You know, if you have to rent, rent, but rent as long as you can until you get the right down payment. I mostly agree with that. Um, I think there's something that you and I are starting to get a little bit out of touch with is that people under the age of 35, they're transient. They're highly unemployed. Mm-hmm. They've got the highest unemployment rate in the United States right now. So they don't want to own, per se. They don't want that obligation. They're totally fine living with mom and dad for a couple of years if they have to. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting demographic change in the next 30 years as you and I age and hit retirement and we want to sell our houses. They're not going to want to buy them. You know, all things considered, i got a pretty big house. And on the East Coast, you have monster-sized houses. And I don't think people want big houses anymore. I think the McMansion is part of a 80s you had to be a kid in the 80s to, to like want that and aspire to that. And the mindset is definitely different. Um, I, it's not only will they buy it, but can they buy it? Uh, you know, in some of the neighborhoods where where I live, uh, you have to make 
$250,000 a year to do that. There's only so many $250,000 jobs. Uh, and these are the best school dis- districts, so you know there's high demand in these areas for those types of homes. And, it, and then you sacrifice and you move out farther from where you work, farther from where the, the good schools are. So there's quite a few sacrifices that a lot of people make to buy a house yeah. um, that I think they also underestimate as well. It's interesting because the woman who cuts my hair clearly doesn't make a ton of money. Um, and she lives way out in Mountain House, which... I'm not going to say it's white trash heaven, but it's kind of like there's people without teeth there. It was a pop-up town. It was a pop-up town. It's way the hell out there. Um, and she always tells me about her kids wrestling. My kids wrestle. <laughs> her kids play football. I'm like, oh, good God. What parent would let their kid play football in this day and age? Like, when you see every headline on, on television about uh, brain, in, uh, brain injuries. Brain injuries. And, yeah. Again, that's not going to happen in peewee leagues, but whew, I don't know. I'd rather have my kid play soccer. So. Well, one of the things that I, I notice quite often is I, I try to always live where I work, and a lot of people keep going farther and farther and out, um, out out of the metropolitan areas. And of course, that's where the lower home prices are. But there's nothing. There's no shame in renting. There's no shame in trying to buy a duplex, maybe, and renting out the other half. There's a lot of other strategies that I think people have. Um, forgotten about and, and how people get rich in real estate. And I'm, when I mean rich in real estate, it's it's not overnight. It's not somebody who's uh, buying a property and flipping it and making twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars every six months. That's not getting rich in real estate. Getting rich in real estate is sticking, uh, getting the right down payment, making it work with your budget, making it uh, getting the right rate, managing that rate if you have to refinance, and then moving forward over a period of time. So we're going to talk money, insurance, investing, little real estate concepts that you need to know and think about and talk about and where you want to live. You know, the difference in school districts and what you know, your kid is going to grow up with expectations in Mountain House is totally different mm-hmm. than the expectations in Palo Alto. But then again, the houses are $1 million versus $100,000. That's the difference. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. This Bay Area update is brought with your Bay Area traffic. What's in your financial playbook? Whether you're just starting out on the 20-yard line or driving toward the end zone, your chances of success depend on a solid game plan. Join Rob Black on February 2nd for back-to-back seminars on wealth management and wealth accumulation. From 9 a.m. till noon, it's Wealth Preservation and Retirement Planning with CFP Chad Burton. Learn tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, how to reduce risk by diversifying, and how to pull money out of the markets in retirement. Rob and Chad will discuss the economic outlook, portfolio structure, asset allocation, and more. At 1 p.m., it's Money 101 with the focus on wealth accumulation. Rob will cover everything from insurance, 401ks, IRAs, asset allocation, good debt and bad debt, and more. Learn hints, tips, and tricks, and see how eliminating costs Common mistakes can make a huge difference. Bring your portfolio and your questions to the Embassy Suites Hotel in Walnut Creek on February 2nd. Wealth preservation from 9 to noon, wealth accumulation from 1 to 4. Register today at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking with Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's the guy who's done two of my mortgages last year. I actually um, did something which I would never, ever, never, ever, ever, never do is I got a 15-year mortgage on a commercial property. Because the rates were that low. Uh, there was that much panic. There was that much stress. There was that much, you know, fiscal cliff issues. Who's going to become president issues. Economy slowing down issues. Federal Reserve leaving interest rates near zero issues. Mm-hmm. That I broke one of my cardinal rules. I like paying off debt over the long term. Rental properties, I like to be a little bit more cash flow positive. Um, but what's cool about a 15-year mortgage, you're you know eight, nine months into it. And you see massive reductions yep. in principal. That principal gets chomped away fast. Yeah, it's it's tough to you know it's, if it's a residential uh, property. A lot of people looking at that rate right now, and it, I believe it's down to um, it's down to two point six six percent according to Freddie Mac for you know conventional conforming loan right now, and that's a point seven one percent difference between the thirty-year uh, fixed rate. Uh, back in two thousand and eight, that was only point three percent. So there's a huge incentive now to, to look at the at the fifteen-year. But one thing that people don't uh, get about getting that long term, and I like long term as well, is that you can always self amortize. Yeah, you might pay a little bit more interest, but if you want to turn your thirty-year into a fifteen-year, you can do it. But in those rough times, let's say you go on a vacation, or you need a vacation, or your kids go to school, or there's a, a hospital bill, or you have to buy a car. Uh, during those times, you can always fall back on that lower payment. But, again, there's no doubt that a 15-year can save you a ton of money over a period of time, but you can self-amortize it. And also, honestly, if you really want it to, you could also have a 30-year and just put the extra savings That's, aside. And or you do that and let it grow in the stock market, save it for another house if you're an investor, if you're young. Put it in like a Fannie Mae fund where you're getting 2.5% dividend yeah. yields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's... There's so many smart ways to handle money. And, and when the rates are as low as they are right now, there's so, di- so many different options that people normally don't have when the rates are high. One of the things that uh, you know, I was trying to get it to was run your scenarios. Because for the life of me, again, in any property that I live in, it'll always be a 30-year mortgage. Right. I will probably die with a 30-year mortgage. My mom will die with a 30-year mortgage. My dad's 70 years old. He just refinanced in a 30-year. Yeah. It's, the, bank's letting, <laughs> the bank's letting you play with their money. Yeah. And that allows you to use your money elsewhere. Uh, it, it makes no sense. If you just look at it like I'm renting for myself at a very low cost with a tax deduction, sweet. So the tax deductions are the only reason on the planet out of our own real estate. It makes no sense otherwise. Pretty good d- deductions, yeah. owner-occupied investment, all those good things. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm at a web page right now. Four tips for finding your dream home from top real estate agents. And I don't know, to me, this, this is just what's, what's totally wrong with the real estate industry and the, the, the realtor industry. The fake photos. <laughs> the photos of the realtor from 10 to 20 years ago. You see them and you're like, oh, you're dilapidated compared to your picture. You're all broken down. But uh, part of the, the tips and hints of that was do your research before picking an agent. And I agree with that on some levels. Um, I say, do your research, ask for a good referral from someone mm-hmm. who had a good experience. Um, the people that I don't like in the industry are the people who are new, the people who are good looking, the fe- people with fake augmented body parts, um, the people with super nice cars. I don't like that. I, I, 
I would much rather have yeah. someone who's a little bit more wholesome and brings you a, a ten of cookies. Yeah, there's a, there are some de- uh, misconceptions about what you just said, especially the the young realtor. Or oh, you the, like young realtors? There are some young realtors out there. And, and think about this logically. If if he's well, young, are you talking like Carl Young, the psychiatrist? <laughs> I'm talking about new in the industry. Um, they're going to be eager. They're going to do a lot of work for you. You, you might have some veteran realtors yeah. out there that may not be jumping around and, and, and going through hoops for you. Yeah. Uh, they may just say, you know what, if you, if you aren't going to, uh, here's a house, and then let's show it when you, when you can, are you pre-approved. And then you've got this other guy who's going out and looking and, and around all the corners, looking at other realtors, going to open houses. Okay. Yeah, um, so they're, you're just arguing to I'm argue. Not, I mean, no, my, but, my point was is that young people tend to uh, not know the intricacies of real estate. And, well, it, and real estate is intricacies. And there are, and and the nice thing about if it, what I would look for in a realtor, if it does happen to be a young person in the industry, is that they work for a large company because a large company will give them a lot of support. They might have a mentor. They might be working with a really good uh, internal processor. So you know, and those are a lot of the good things that you want out of a realtor is that back end work as well, not just the MLS, but you want them on foot. You want them to see open houses. You need them to work with estate planners and CPAs and, and everybody that, and that's something I, I worked with a client recently. I gave him a, a hand. I said, you know, one of the, th- I'm, I'm looking at a house right now and I ran across a realtor who works with um, estate planners and, and um, he ended up with a, uh, and lawyers and this, this one house was in an estate sale and it's not going to be on the market. So if you right now in this hot market, there's a lack of inventory, lots of buyers, uh, homes around um, in all, most of the metropolitan areas are coming up with 20, 30 offers at a time. So you have to have the uh, good strategies. And, you know, maybe the the veteran realtors are um, are going to be your best bet, but I still, you know, don't discount a, a person who's new in the industry. I discount people I'm new in the industry. So that's just a flat out, it's a bias of mine, and I'll, I'll die by that. I'd rather have someone who's, uh, like, you know, the person, Julie Geyer, who helped me. Um, she's not the prettiest, and she's certainly not the most, so, she's socially incredibly warm, but I'm awkward with her because I'm not social, she is. Uh, but I said, here's my, you know, here's a house. I'm not crazy about wood panels. Just so put in her head wood panels. And here's another house, and I'm not crazy about the steps down because I will drink one night and it'll be slippery and I'll fall down and die. Um, and then six months later, she says, I found the perfect house. Let's put a bid on it. And I'm like, I haven't even seen it. Um, that's what I find in a, in a great realtor. Um, someone who listens mm-hmm. to you and, and really helps you set up your priorities. Uh, you have to do your homework on what you want, though. Like, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make when buying a house is they're like, okay, I want this city. Um, do you want the best street? Do you want the best school district? Do you want a house that's not likely to need a lot of maintenance? Do you want a house that uh, is going to need a lot of maintenance that's a little bit cheaper? Um, I don't think people think about that kind of yeah. stuff. I know there's a lot of buyers out there right now that are listening to this that are saying, Rob, without all that, in- there's not a lot of inventory to choose from. Right now, I can't be that picky. I know. And you also can't afford to take a $600,000 mistake. What, what, I th- what I see more people running into as opposed to finding the right house is, f- is getting their offer accepted. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it really is a pecking order. If you have cash, you're going to get first, even if you're twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 lower than, the, than the, um, the guy that has 20% down or even an FHA loan with 3.5% down. It's all about building, uh, having a realtor that is going to 
really get up in the face of the seller's agent and and get that offer accepted. Um, no, there's a lot of sales or offers right now that have to go uh, in order to get accepted. Have to have no contingencies, no appraisal, no loan, um, and in a lot of cases, these homes are selling over asking price. We're back in that same market we had in the pre, in, during the bubble, and right now it's because there's a lack of inventory, and there's um, and the sellers are getting what they what they want. And there's a danger here too because if you if if you have these buyers that are doing anything they can to get their offer accepted and they're they're being advised by their realtors to do this, you may have these sellers that are also getting stuck with these buyers that may not be prepared to put more money into the property um, and they're they're not lying to get the loan or to get the property they they just come back with a lower appraisal and they say, "You know what? We might sacrifice our down payment because that or our earnest money deposit because that you know that that price didn't work and you're not willing to negotiate." Meanwhile, the seller loses off on better offer. So this is a very precarious kind of, uh, of uh, market right now. And I think it's going to take time for realtors to get used to it, buyers to get used to it. Um, the best thing out there right now is that um, if you're approved, and this is what drives me crazy uh, for sellers, that taking cash offers as opposed to people with loans. If you're approved and there's a pre-approval letter sitting there with an offer that's $20,000 higher than that cash offer, why would you take the cash offer? Why would you give away twenty grand? If you're approved, you're approved. There's no gray area. Robert Schiller just said something recently that I think is really smart. Um, he thinks all of this, what you're talking about, optimism in housing, mm-hmm. i.e. multiple bids on one house. Uh, you know, one house in Fremont recently had 25 bids on it. And the, the, the people who wanted to buy it just got frustrated and quit. Yeah. So they're like, well, I guess I'll live in a closet for a while. But he said the optimism is unwarranted because... Right now, the 10-year treasury is at 1.8%. If it goes to 7%, that means mortgage rates would go from 35 to 10%. Now, again, no one thinks 10-year treasury is going to 7% anytime soon. But the point being is when it does go to 5%, an 8% mortgage is going to be undoable for people. Right. And no one's going to be able to buy my house with an 8% mortgage. And because I'm a jumbo, it would be almost a 10% mortgage. Right. And that's, that's the variable that I think a lot of people are, are mis- um, Underestimating is rates. Rates, rates one yeah. percent rate equals about uh, on a. I did an example where if you bought a four hundred thousand dollar house at current rates and the rates go up one percent and and you think prices might go down ten percent, your your payment is actually higher even at the fifty thousand dollar lower price because of the rate increase of one percent. So the buying power is incredibly diminished when the rates go up and and hence home prices will come back down. Let me give you the argument, because I'm kind of smart. Kind of. I kind of have a big brain. Kind of. For 30 years, we've had interest rates going down, essentially from Jimmy Carter. Does that... You kind of... Yeah, 80s. Yeah, 80s. Okay. So for 30 years, we've been in a, a secular downtrend of interest rates. Okay, interest rates go lower as the economy gets weaker. And basically at zero, it says we're in a recession or super weak recession, and we need to do everything we can, keep the cost of money low, to keep corporations borrowing, to keep consumers borrowing. So we either go the way of Japan for the next 20 years and keep rates incredibly low with no economic growth, or we raise interest rates with economic growth and people suddenly find that mortgage rates go much higher and they can't afford to buy. It's, it's a dilemma. It is. I think rates will go up to stem inflation. Before it's a dilapidating dilemma. With that said, you're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is my lender of choice.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and much, much more. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't learn, like the financial basics. And I always start my financial basics talk with, you got to have goals. Like, right? And then you say, i got to go to college to get a good degree so I can fund those goals. Maybe you don't have to go to college. I know I'm, I know a lot of people don't listen uh, or who are listening to me and they're mad at me because at times I'm talking like you have to make 80000 to $150,000 a year to be important. And I know a lot of people make less than that. In the Bay Area, you're going to live in an area with schools that are less than stellar if you make less than 80000 like, that's just the, the economic reality, and that, that stinks. Um, we talk a lot of taxes on the show. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you, it's part of your savings. You can live in a state that has income tax or doesn't have an income tax. Sales tax is uh, one of those things that, good God, you just start talking taxes and people get a little flipped out. I say... In your world of basic financial information, know that credit is wonderful. It's a tool. It's great for getting a budget going. One of the things that I do, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com, one of the things that I do is I have a Capital One Visa card and mm-hmm. put it into my Mint.com. And Actually, I've got something a little bit more sophisticated than Mint.com because financial planning world. But Mint.com and your credit card creates a budget. You know, it takes a little bit of work, so it doesn't understand, like, this little market isn't really a food market. It's a place where I pick up a six-pack kind of thing, so you have to, like, change it around a little bit and change some of the coding, but having a budget's pretty important. Uh, you're a married man. You want a budget? I do. I, I have a definite budget. What's the rule you and your wife have? Like, if you spend over 200 if you... We pay off our credit cards every month. That's yeah. no matter what's on there. Any debt over 8% is pretty evil. Did you ever get all your credit card debt down? Yeah. Okay. I remember yeah. like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's because, it was um, a long time. I had a, I had a uh, medical problem that ended up costing a bit of money, and I threw it on the credit card. Please tell me it's a medical problem, like a, a cyst or something with pus in it. Do you want the reality of it? Yeah, as long as you put your mouth towards the microphone. I was, um, during the crash of the real estate uh, and all the mortgage lending, um, a lot of banks downsized, and you were dealing with pretty inept people. And I was um, get to the point. I ended up on the floor with a with a panic attack, seizure <laughs> type of thing, and I ended up going to the emergency room. Maybe, it just, maybe we could hit the seven second delay on that. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted the truth. You saw the Australian Open. Um, That's how much I care about my loans. That w- one of the tennis players, she basically was getting her, her butt beat, and she basically did a panic attack. I, mm. I have to go check the doctor to make sure I'm not having a heart attack. So she calmed down, came back out, and, and got her game together and won. But she used the panic attack as an excuse. <laughs> so I'm basically saying you're a... But I did get my credit card debt down after a, that. You're a female tennis player who uses cheap tricks to, to win the game. You know, there's, that's, there's not, nothing, that's not fair. There's, there's nothing ever to panic about. No, it wasn't that. It, it was just I basically just got overwhelmed by um, how little I could do. Yeah. I, I, I was completely out of control. And, you know, I... I you know, a lot of people are counting on me to do stuff, and 
there's just too many there were too many people involved in this and it just it just hit the wall. You agree with my statement, disagree with my statement that there's nothing ever worth panicking about. There's nothing ever worth panicking about. If right now a guy with a big hockey mask and a machete breaks through that door, I'd panic. I'm gonna push you down to the ground and I'm I'm out. So I'm gonna let him get you. Like I'm not panicking. I'm thinking clearly. It, it, that reminds me of the the joke about um, two 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 guys are in the woods and a bear. Uh, he says, "What do we do if a bear comes?" He goes, "Run." He goes, "You're not supposed to run if a bear comes." He goes, "No, I, I'm not gonna outrun the bear." I says, "All I have to do is outrun you." Yeah. <laughs> so so the, what I would do is push that person to the ground. I just have to outrun you, which you could probably could do for about ten yards. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it for takes. the masked man. Oh, so being single, totally different than being married. Uh, remember when you were single, you were able to make every financial decision I by yourself? Sp- I also spent a lot more money, too. Did you as a single guy? Yeah, I think, you know, it's just... Oh, you, yeah, you, you did didn't like playing pool, didn't you? I played a lot of pool, um, played darts, you know, went to the went to the club and socialized. Um, darts seems like something you shouldn't have to pay for. Well, you, you, are, are you with you me on that? You eat food and, and drink yeah. beer. You mean, well, but no, bars charge you for darts. They do now. Well, you buy your own darts, which then again, you're spending money. Yeah, I just to me that's crazy. Dart seems like one of those games that should be provided for free, like shuffleboard should always be free. <laughs> Unless isn't there a place that you go to that has a shuffleboard place like on the side of the the restaurant? No, that was back when I lived in Sausalito. Oh, okay, twelve years, ten years ago, twelve years ago. Man, your your brain's getting a little spongy. Um, so setting goals, you have to do it properly. You have to be realistic. Um, I remember when I was 18, my, my goal was to have a million dollars by 35. And then that doesn't work when you get married. And that doesn't work when you have kids. So mm-hmm. you have to set your goals and kind of have some flexibility towards Like, I wanted a million dollars when I was 35 just so, because that would be enough money to live till the day I died. And realistically, maybe it wouldn't be, because I do have some expensive tastes. I have love five-star resorts. Love them. Um, but you have to have a date set down for your goals. You have to be able to write down your goals. Otherwise, you kind of like just flip-flop with them. Like, I'm getting a new car this year. I just put, I wrote a date down. August. So I'm getting a car. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to wait for some of the new models to come out. I'm going to wait for some of the, uh, the year to kind of get aged so that they want to get rid of the inventory. So, August. You definitely have to set goals. I when I got married, that was the first thing that we did. Yeah. Set a bu- we, well, we had other, we had long-term goals, you know, get married, buy a house, have kids, you know, and, and maybe buy another house, and you know, figure out the job and make sure that's secure. And then you have the smaller, smaller goals, the budgets, and and uh, um, I think credit card is, and, and because of the industry, I mean, I get to see a lot of people's credit. Look at that on Pier 39, an orca whale just ate 14 seals at Pier 39. Wow. So how can people get in touch with you? BayAreaLoanSource.com It's Tony Mendez. He's a mortgage lender. Did you want to finish your thought or just get a break? Um, you distracted me, Rob. I've got the orca seals. orca whale ate 39 baby seals. I hope they have footage. At Pier 39. I they need do. footage. Yeah, they do. We'll take a break here. If you're listening to Rob Black and Your Money, you can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, Cron4, Rob Black. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. That's how this game is played. Some days I'm a little bit more 
economic news, data news, stock news. Some days I'm a little bit more, hey, let's you know teach people how to fish because Lord knows I might have a massive heart attack and die. So, Big announcement coming up in about 60, 70 days. I'm going to have to lose 20 pounds before the big announcement, which is, it just sucks. Try to figure out, like, how am I going to do that? Do I give up drinking? Do I increase exercising? Joining me today, Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez is literally my best friend. He's probably, sadly, my only friend. Russ, my producer, you're not quite a friend yet. You're getting there. I almost did a football game with you, but then you pulled the I take public transportation card, and I'm like, do I have a friend or do I drink? And I was like, drink. <laughs> do I exercise or drink? And uh, I was like, if I work out twice a day, I could still keep up the consumption of adult beverages. But uh, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Um, I don't know. What, you got anything for me today? Oh, you know, I, I do real estate. Um, yeah. Mortgage guy. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people know who I am. I do my own show yeah. as well here on this. You know, one, one thing that I find funny is you said I do real estate. And this is just me being me. I'm trying to teach people. I uh, was taking a look at someone's LinkedIn page, and they're a realtor, and they, they refer to themselves as, as real estate expert. We need to redefine the word expert of the United States and actually have a credential or a test if you're going to use some sort of dumb phrase like that. Um, real estate expert, like, they're ha- like, okay, so you've done it for 5 to 10 years or 15 years or even 20 years. That still doesn't make you an expert. Just because I've swam for 20 years doesn't make me an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, exactly. You see a lot of phonies in your industry, don't you? I see a lot of posers, yeah. I see a lot of phonies in my industry. So uh, the financial planning industry, the financial analyst industry, there's a lot of people who are like, uh, I'm going to act smarter than you. I'm going to wear a nice suit. And they come up with dumb phrases like, don't do buy and hope. Don't do buy and forget. There was a big exodus into the industry um, in the early 2000s. It's been weeded out recently. Is that the right word? Yeah, there was a I'm lot like, of people wait, coming into the industry. Inflow. Exodus is leaving. Uh, okay. There was a lot of, well, okay, there's an exodus now. Okay. Then. A lot of people have, uh, that said, you know what, I'm not going to keep up with compliance. Either that or I'm not making enough money. I'm going to go do something else uh, because the guidelines are tough. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a lot less buyers. There's, it's difficult to refinance. It's difficult to do financing, period. So a lot of people got out of the business. So uh, when I say I do real estate, I, I stuck around. Um, I, I got into it after people got the, the, the hype. Uh, I got in after the hype, and I, I stuck with it, and I, I, made, uh, I made a good name for myself with the, the clients that I work with and, and the realtors that I work with. But I still see a lot of people in the industry, a lot of professionals, as they call it. Now, you can be a professional and not an expert. A professional just means you have a professional title um, that are still uh, not qualified to do the business that they're doing. Um, I'm working with a client right now who's working with a realtor who, who doesn't know the ins and outs of a contract. Um, and, you know, and that's it's sad that people are still out there having trouble finding good realtors, get, finding good professionals. They're relying on, um, you know, they go to their cubicle next to them and say, hey, do you know a realtor? And they, they go, oh, you know, I do part-time real estate. Uh, let's do, you know, I, I can help you out. Meanwhile, this isn't the kind of industry or the market that you need part-time help. You need a real professional. You need uh, partners uh, that, for example, I work with uh, CFPs and CPAs and realtors, and we have the right title companies. I mean, these are the kind of partnerships that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I wanted to throw out there to kind of agree with your exodus from the industry. There was a pretty hot chick that I met maybe six years ago. Not hot chick. Let me let me uh, turn the internal editor on. There was a stunningly beautiful woman. No, 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 no. Let me internal editor all the way on. There was a bright woman who had aged remarkably well into her early 30s. And she was working for, in the Bay Area, a high-end realtor. Panero? Does that sound right? Panero? Intero? Intero. There you go. And um, she was like, you know, I can show you the greatest home. I can, you know, I'm all that in a bucket of chicken. I mean, she was well put together, well articulated, great clothes, all that. A couple years later, she reaches out and she's like, hey, I work for Herbalife. And uh, I sell vitamin shakes and stuff like that. Let me know if you ever, you know, want to increase your lifestyle and mm-hmm. make your potency more potent and make your intelligence, like, wake up stronger, smarter, faster. A couple years later, she's like, yeah, now I'm at Half Moon Bay doing massages. Like, she ended up with $15,000 of crap product from Herbalife because it's a multi-level marketing mm-hmm. thing, even though it's not really a multi-level marketing thing. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Anything that asks you to bring it on friends and you get a cut of their business, I don't like. Um... So there is an exodus. And again, mm-hmm. she probably wasn't a college-educated girl. She was probably beautiful, got married early, had a kid, divorced, and then had to figure out her career. And she went straight towards real estate because being good-looking can get your foot in the door. And you know, The, sa- the, same, way, the same way that uh, the general public got caught up into the real estate bubble, the same thing with professionals thinking that this is the, this is the next business. Uh, this is the next business model for what I do do you know commissions or you know the commissions were there definitely and the bubble before real estate in 2006 was was dot com mm-hmm. right and it, it attracted the same people um you knew a guy who was a driver at domino's who got went to work for smith barney and uh <laughs> he lasted about a year i mean he tried to sell his friends and yep. you know he's out of the industry it's all bubbles attract people the next bubble you know what it's gonna be tell me it's gonna be in bubbles Bubbles and bubbles. Yep. And I'm investing right now all of my money in Mr. Bubble. I'm sinking it all in Mr. Bubble. I love Mr. Bubble. Do you remember as a kid how great a bubble bath was? That was great. You'd make a little bubble beard. Bubble beards rock. Like, I'd wear one out right now if I could. It's not as good as a milk mustache. Milk mustaches are okay. But as a kid, weren't you fascinated with having a beard? Because you couldn't, you obviously didn't have a stitch of hair on your body. My dad had pork chops. He had the big side pork chops. Look, you know, looked very Cuban at the yeah. time. What's interesting about pork chops? I have a childhood story on pork chops. I was so ugly. My parents tied a pork chop around my neck to get the dog to play with me. True story. Hey, hey, Russ, 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 where's the, the rim shot? Come on, Russ. He's, he's, there it is. Oh. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. My parents loved me so much, they used to put a bag on my head and tell me to go play in the freeway. Hey, aren't we, aren't we up for a break? Oh, I can't trust this clock, can I? Okay, we still have a minute. Oh, I was so trying to get out of that. So, um, what do you want to talk about today? Send me an email, rob at robblack.com. We could talk credit cards. We could talk about investing your money. We could talk kids and cash, estate planning. Wills, trusts, home ownership, wedding tips, taxes, taxes, taxes. I've got my sidekick. Give me a little hi-o. Hi-o. Thank you. Hi-o. Um, give me a you are correct, sir. You are correct, sir. Thank you. So i got my little sidekick today, Tony Mendez. He's with BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Uh, we can talk reading material. 
you know, uh, the greatest part about my job in financial media and financial industry is you always have to stay educated. Um, Tony does real estate. I do basically personal finance and stock markets and economies really well. You want to talk hockey? I'm not the guy for it. Actually, I kind of am. I know a little bit about hockey. Wait, football? I know nothing. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. This is a band called Rim. They were named after a custom wheel job shop. I believe they're out of Northern California. Lead singer is Michael Stippy, and uh, he's got three wives. None of that's true. <laughs> Someone's going to email me going, like, you are the dumbest man on the planet. Yesterday I talked about taxes, and someone said, thanks for your candid commentary on taxes. And I emailed him back. I said, I wasn't saying taxes. I was talking about taxes. <laughs> and he emails me back. He's like, you're kidding, right? Of course I'm kidding. Um, so there's a story in USA Today. Retirement's becoming a more of a distant dream for a rising number of older Americans, largely because they need the money but also because they are healthy enough to keep working. The share of Americans 65 and older in the labor force went from 12.1% in 1990 to 16.1% in 2010. I think more and more Americans are going to work till 70, or have to work till 70, um, because people aren't saving enough for retirement. Not even close. Uh, most people, with their 401k, they save like 50000 60000 and they start taking money out. You need to save a million dollars before you could retire. Social Security is at most $20,000 a year after you pay for your medical care, your medical insurance, because that's not free. You pay for it. It's about $10,000 a year. So I would invest in, uh, you know, I always say the Smith & Wesson. Because in retirement, you're going to need a gun because you didn't save enough, and it's gonna be, you're going to be in a trailer. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to be watching Oprah. Um, a gun, right? Go rob a bank. Go rob a bank, end up in prison, or just take your own life. I think a lot of seniors are going to be put in that position. Poverty's not pretty. Extreme poverty when you're 80 years old and you can't move your hips because of uh, running in your life and doing young, joyful things. Anyway, so more and more Americans are working. How does it make you feel? You. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, You know, in the industry I'm in, I I see a lot of people doing some crazy things, and one of them is they take money out of their 401k, buy a house, and they let them do it. Um, I think that's the worst thing you do. You know, I think that your retirement comes first, no matter what. Uh, I think that too many people still think that a house is retirement. My brother is caught up into it. He has no retirement, but he has four houses. And he keeps saying, well, I have four houses. Yeah. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. How are you going to pay for an emer- You know, his kid just had a seizure. He doesn't how, have how, four houses. He's got four mortgages. He has four mortgages. Uh, his kid just had a seizure uh, yeah. yesterday, and he's going to end up pay- paying some money. 
Um, and where is this money coming from? It's coming from his reserves. Right. And reserves are not for emergencies. Those are, well, they are for emergencies, but they are also for worst case scenario. If you, uh, he's he's self employed, so he, he also has a lot of beach property. He has beach, which, which could get hit by a hurricane, or yeah. if, even if they don't get damaged, the the economy might might tank, and he's not going to have the, any vacation rentals. And so. any equity he has in those rentals mm-hmm. loses money to inflation because anything that's paid off, any money that's in the bank. And ultimately, when you pay off your mortgage, you're giving the money to the bank until they give you the title. Um, it loses two to four, two to four percent per to inflation every Plus year. Plus, they're all investment properties. When he sells them, if he has to pay taxes, yeah. all the income if he keeps them, all the income on it, it pays taxes. So if you have 401k, eh, you don't pay taxes. Right. So there's there's a lot of differences in in counting your house as, as a real estate. I'm sorry, retirement plan as opposed to a, a certified uh, retirement. Now, one of the reasons I love you, you're my only friend in the world, as I refer to it, is that my dad died 20 years ago, almost to the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and your family kind of took me in and invited me over for Christmas. I love your dad. Your dad's a good guy. Your dad's got a great pension. He was a spy with the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, true story. Mm-hmm. So um, the government's going to take care of him. Yep. And the government's going to take care of your mom. She worked with the CIA as well. State Department. State Department. And and Secret Service. And Secret Service, and she was probably a spy, too. Probably a spy. Yeah, we don't know that. She was for spies. We know she did the LSD. <laughs> she told the best story. Every, they went through the 70s. Everybody did that. She told the best story. It, this just made me love her. There, she would invite people over from the CIA who were just a little bit too straight-laced, too nerdy, too tight, straight-A students, and she'd put a little something in the brownies, and the parties would get out of control, dreamy. I think was mm-hmm. the phrase. It was, it was. She had a friend that would kind of go to her into all of that. Yeah. And again, keep in mind, I didn't. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't have a drug in my body until past eighteen. <laughs> until you met my mom. <laughs> and <laughs> my, had her brownies. My dealer. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. So anyway, the, the point of that story was we're tying it back together. My dad's pension. Yeah, that pension's great. It's yep. fantastic. Mm-hmm. You and I don't have that. Yep. And even like. The San Jose Fire Department. I've got a friend, uh, San Jose, California Fire Department. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is our last year where we could buy extra years of services. Anyone who's coming in now doesn't get what we get. Um, I'm like, buy those extra years if you think you're going to live a long time. Don't buy those extra years if you don't. So um, pensions are not what they used to be in any way, shape, or form. And I think we've got to get away from them because we've seen pension funds collapse and the United States has to bail them out. And when they bail them out, it's not paying dollar for dollar. It's, you know, 60 cents, 70 cents on the dollar. And uh, usually there has to be concessions on health care or something like that. Mm-hmm. So take care. Make sure you plan at least one million buckaroos. And do uh, you have anything you want to comment on? And don't say, mm-hmm, this is radio. It's, this isn't a, we're not at a bar having a drink. Although we could be, uh, you know, it, I think people do take advantage of of the fact that they get, might get a pension. Uh, they use it towards qualifying for uh, for a house. Uh, you know, a, a pension is is meant for uh, it's a supplement to yeah. Social Security. It's it's a supplement to your reserve cash or any of the dividends you're getting. Um, I like the million dollar mark. Um, I, I like, I, but I'm also in real estate. I do real estate. You know, I I think people should always mix it up and, and be diversified. I don't think they should always put everything in one basket. Um, you know, if you have to, I think a 401k is the best. 
If you can, buy a house. If you can, buy an investment property. But get a strategy. Work with professionals. I can't tell you how many people I meet that don't even know who their CPA is or they don't even know what, if they're writing off their interest on their taxes. It's crazy how little people know about their finances. I think that's the first thing that anybody that's young in their 20s and 30s should do. You know, you went to college. You got a great Job, uh, degree, you're, you're looking for a good job, and maybe you have it. Um, get your finances straight. I mean, just like you do a budget for your finances, do a budget for the for um, your your retirement. Or if you can't do any of that, try to be adopted by a rich person. Do you remember this TV show, Different Strokes? Yep. Do you know what's weird about that? They're all dead except for the old housekeeper, Charlotte Ray, and Willis. And Willis. So Todd Bridges is the only one alive. Um, Gary Coleman gone, left the earth way too early. But um, that show couldn't be done today, unless it was Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> no rich white guys taking up to underprivileged African Americans on network television without being called the raciest show on television. So unless you're Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh. He's Money and financing, right? Absolutely. And entertainment. Well, if you can get if you can get adopted by a rich person, do it. So we live right next to some ad- adopted parents. I'm up for adoption. If any wealthy oil baron or heiress wants to adopt me, I will gladly do it. I'll call you mommy or daddy. I will entertain you. I will be your monkey that dances for you. In fact, I'll even wear that little monkey hat and symbols around the house. Try to be adopted well. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. And just for checking them out, IncomeAtHomeUSA.com. 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 Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I... Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I love the word apocalypse. It's just a fun word to play with. Apple stock gets hit and you call it the Apple Lips or kind of like the Apple Apocalypse. I don't know. It's one of those words that's very dramatic. You know me in drama. I was in a business meeting the other day, and uh, it was a media production, next project kind of thing. And uh, anytime, you know, you have to bring in the sales department, you have to, you know, there's always people that, you know, wants to get their fingers in the pie and such and what have you. And, uh, you know, a week ago, they're like, okay, if you do this project, we could pay you X. Now you're getting close to that project. And they're like, well, if we do this project, the budget's going to be... To me, it's all about budget. I, like, I don't want to do a project and look stupid. Um, and the salesperson changed the number in one week. And I had it written down. I take copious notes in these meetings. And uh, so she changed the number. I'm like, you didn't say that last week. So, I, so in the meeting, I instantly take the tension with five other people in the room. And she goes, yeah, I did. And I go, you did not say that last week. 
I'll get cancer in my eyes and go blind if you said that last week. And everyone in the room's like, I believe Rob. I believe Rob. I'm like, in fact, it's a well-known practice that sales does a little bait and switch at the station. So I do a thing which is called, um, and it's not fair, because how do you respond to that? I'll get cancer in my eyes and go blind. I swear on your children. Like, <laughs> I take it up. I, t- I ratchet it up. I go thermonuclear. So there's no you middle. Go up apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. That's kind of where I was going at with that. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, alcohol. Do you have any grapes it takes to make a bottle of wine? A thousand. Six hundred. So you could sit there and tell your spouse, your sugar booger, I'm eating grapes. I eat 600 grapes tonight. So with that said, not a good idea. There are investments in alcohol. Uh, there's a company called InBev, um, Anheuser-Busch, uh, InBev. Um, you can invest in the beer side, the spirit side. You can invest in the wine side. It's what would be referred to as sin investing. Sin investing tends to do well in good economies and bad economies because people are going to do their spirits, per se, or their smoking. Um, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I own some Philip Morris International. My dad died of cancer. Uh, he was consumed. Um, but it's one of the greatest balance sheets you can find. And in a world where we're creating jobs overseas, it's not going away. Now, what's interesting is sometimes there's this, like battle between alcohol and beer and wine and... I don't know. You know where the word toast came from? No. It was tied towards ancient Rome. They'd drop a piece of bread in their wine. So, that's all I got today. That's all I have. In Fairbanks, Alaska, it's illegal to feed alcohol to a moose. Now, why do you think that's that's a law? I'm not exactly sure, but they already go crazy, so maybe that will mellow them out. Well, they've got those big antlers, and you probably don't want a moose on a drunken rampage. Have you ever been on a drunken rampage? No. In Texas, it's a state law that prohibits you from taking three consecutive sips of beer while standing. Why is that? I don't have a good answer for that. I wish I did, but I don't. Oh, the salesperson doesn't know the rules. No one in the studio while the show is on. Drinking one glass of wine will add 10 pounds to your body every year. I know. I know what you're saying. You don't really have any more content, do you? So some new mortgage laws have been put in place. No foreclosure sales until alternatives are considered. Restriction on foreclosure procedures while borrower seeks a mortgage modification. Uh, yeah, it's called a qualified mortgage, and it's going to go in effect in 2014. What do you think about it? Um, I think it's pre-bubble standards. Uh, lenders got caught up in teaser rates, interest-only loans, uh, negam loans. These were going back to the standards, it, but they're also getting protection. Lenders are going to get protection from lawsuits if they qualify the borrower under the new qualified rule. So it's an incentive for lenders to uh, strengthen their position uh, with their mortgage-backed security. 
But it's going to hurt people like self-employed borrowers, people who need higher debt-to-income ratios to maybe sell, keep two houses, like sell a house in, or buy a house and then sell their other house later. Um, investors, it's going to hurt. So, um, you know, the best thing to do here is just keep your credit score high and and um, and go W-2 because W-2, is, they allow you pre-tax uh, qualifying. But it's going to set the standard of 43% on your debt-to-income ratio. That's all of your debt. So it's going to limit... Your buying power. I think it's. It, I think low rates will continue to, and and low inventory will continue to drive prices higher. Um, but if rates increase just the slightest, I think that's going to trump um, anything else. Have you ever looked at the uh, app called Credit Karma? I've heard about it. No, I haven't used it. I don't recommend people doing their credit. I, I did actually look into that. I take that back. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's wise to to do your credit like that way. First of all, the credit reports you get, even from annualcreditreport.com, um, they don't have everything. I, I, In the mortgage industry, we get a pretty detailed credit report. And I've seen credit reports people send me. I can't use them. There's, there's just bad information on there. Um, it's good to check it. Be, the reason why I would check it with annualcreditreport.com is just to make sure that everything on there is mine and accurate. Um, other than that, it's useless. Yeah, you know what I kind of like about it is... Credit Karma does something called a report card, and they're trying to show you, like, you've got one late payment in the last three years, and that's going to affect your score by two percentage points. You've got – it tries to show people, let's start thinking about how your credit is influenced by various factors. Um, and I don't think people tend to think about that. You know, and, and you can go online, too, and you can see the models. You, you can even uh, – if you run your credit with one of the agencies, XFX um, – Experian or TransUnion, some of these have models where if it says if you, if you pay off your credit, pay your credit card down below a certain percentage, what does that do for your credit score? If you pay this collection off, what does this do for your credit score? I think it's a good tool in that respect, as far especially if somebody's looking to do any kind of financing, because I, I, I talk about this all the time, Rob, in a mortgage. Uh, when you, somebody gets a mortgage, if their credit score is what about a mortgage? Um, a 640 score or a 740 score, the difference can be 1%, which can save you on a $400,000 loan uh, about $2,800 a year just for your credit score. So I think it's uh, it's definitely the first thing that I would check if I was going to – if I had any questions about my credit and I was going to get financing. You want to comment on the mortgage? No. Have you heard the commercial? I think I th- – you and I talked about this earlier. There's a, a – Banks do a lot of different kind of of tactics to make their product a little bit more unique, whether they're giving a cash back on a yearly basis or they it, – it, what it comes down to is finding the, the, the right product. I think people make mistakes in the beginning when they start shopping that they don't they, – they, they get misinformation and they, they fall into these – they still fall into advertising and uh, uh, what predatory – not predatory lending. I think what I'm looking at is um, they just get sucked into ads. What I'm always done by, and it, this makes me, you know, go, is that legal? I get mortgage letters or postcards that say, yeah. I could lower your rate to 2.95% guaranteed, no closing costs. And I just don't believe it. Uh, you and I actually talked about that. So your bank sold the loan to another bank, but the, the original uh, original lender retained the what they call retention rights for you. So even though your mortgage is with X bank, you still get letters from the other bank. And they, they do this as part of their retention. And, and they may not know your whole story. They may not know the equity in your property, but uh, they're just trying to get your attention. And I think that's what people still get caught up in. I mean, it's all it, it, you, we, in the old days, we used to do marketing, Rob, yeah. for um, my brother's store. And 
there was a certain percentage. We knew that if we put out 10,000 flyers, we'd get 2% return. And that's what they're counting on. It's not the kind of marketing or retention um, that uh, smaller brokerages like we do um, do. One of the interesting things about credit report cards, and again, it just gets people thinking about it, your grade is tied up on derogatory marks. Your grade is hard credit inquiries, total accounts, average age of open credit lines. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about this last year um, where I said, should I get a new credit card? Or I've got this really bad one, this old one from Bank of America that I don't really like. You're like, well, use that one because it's older mm-hmm. and don't get a new credit card. Mm-hmm. Age of credit is important. So should we get our children credit cards? Absolutely. All Americans should get their kid a, a five-year-old kid a credit card. Well, so at least they'll have an old credit line. I mean, I'm running into a scenario where I have a client who is paid very well, W-2, um, high six digits, yeah. but he doesn't have enough trade lines. He has only three trade lines, and he wants to get a jumbo loan. A lot, I'm sorry, two trade lines. A lot of jumbo loan products, you need to have more trade lines. So having those older credit cards open, even if the interest rate is high, if you have a low balance on it, you know you're not paying a lot of interest on it, but it's showing on the trade lines, and it's building your credit. New credit is going to hurt your credit more than an old credit card with a higher uh, balance and interest rate. So if you are thinking about getting a house or even a car, yeah, more so a house, um, don't open any new credit lines in the six months leading up to it. Correct. Or consider not doing it. Right. And, and there's also a misconception about inquiries. If you're shopping in the same industry within a 30-day period, it, it doesn't affect your credit score as much as if you are shopping like for a car or then furniture and then a mortgage. Yeah. Those are the things that – and a credit card. Those things hurt. So I like the website or yeah, it, credit it's karma.com. Good. It's a good start for somebody who doesn't check their credit yeah. at all. Um, but if you really want the, the right kind of information, get in front of a some sort of a creditor and get a real report um, that shows history and payment. Uh, and, and it goes all the way back for all of the accounts that you get. Rob Black, your money. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. One of the things that I like to talk about are some of the things that we forget about. Uh, Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com is sitting with me. And let me just like give you some ideas of what people forget. Step up to the microphone. How old are you? 46. How much life insurance do you have? Zero. What happens to you if you die? What happens to your spouse? She gets my retirement. Okay. Do you think that's enough for her? No. Okay. So you should probably get some life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Consider it. Term life is pretty cheap. Yep. So term life has gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper in the last 20 years. Like, you could get a $300,000 policy for not pennies, but for less than 100 a month. Like, and you should. Um, unless you've got some sort of crazy bad health issue that, you know, it's going to rule you out. Um, you don't need whole life. You don't need variable life. So uh, I have disability. Do you have disability? What do you get disability through? 
Um, it's through our company. Okay. I can't remember the name. Have you ever considered shopping it? Um, I have, but it just seems that... Um, you pay for it, or is it included in your... I pay for it. Okay. Have you looked at the terms of it? No. You should look at the terms. Come over. Bring a six-pack of beer. Uh-huh, the old beer tactic, huh? Well, someone has to do this for you. Because I'll look you're at your portfolio if you bring me beer. You're my friend, and like, how do you not have a little bit of life insurance on you? It's, uh, it's something I plan on getting when I'm 50. Okay, so you're going to pay more for it then, when you can pay less for it now. Same, yes. At least do it when you're 49 years and 11 months and 25 days. At least do that. Right, and then I'm also considering long-term care, all that kind of stuff. No, don't do long-term care. If you do long-term care, do it on her. You're going to kick over and die. So, you married a young wife. Mm-hmm. She's going to outlive you. She's mm-hmm. going to change your diapers. She's going to you know, treat you when you're vomiting because you have cancer. She's going to clean up your puke. So... She's going to take care of you, in theory, so you better be nice to her today and love her. Y'all have a very health. Y'all, listen to me. My southern's y'all. coming out. Uh, y'all, giddy up, cowboy. Um, I don't even know where to go with that. You don't take three steps and or three sips and and, uh, and walk, huh? Yeah, you can't take three steps. There's actually what's called a standing chair in Texas. So you could stand, and you're not allowed to stand and take more than three sips in a row of beer. So there's things called standing chairs, which, again, it makes no sense. This is life. It's law. Then again, you can't get a, a, a moose drunk in Alaska. That's outrageous. In Anchorage, you can't, but in Juneau, you can. So, so I guess there's not a lot of moose walked up to a bar kind of jokes, right? Anyhow, um, did you know there's a big cloud of alcohol floating in space? I did not know that. There you go. Now you know. It's like 400 million liters. Like, well, there could be an end of the earth party if you know what I'm saying. Now you know the amount of information that comes out of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so do you actually have a budget? Absolutely. Okay, so you know how much you make roughly a month, and you know how much you spend roughly a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're in the mortgage industry. You're a lender with Bay Area Lawrence says. I think I just had a stroke. My website is BayAreaLoanSource.com with Partners Mortgage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like mentioning that. So, but you can. I have to. Legally, you have to. Big deal. Big shot. So, um, the person I hate the most on this planet is Susie Arman. Just respond to this quote. It's from her. When I was very young, I had already learned that the reason my parents seemed so unhappy wasn't that they didn't love each other. It was that they never had quite enough money to pay the bills. She's, what's, what's your opinion? Well, I wouldn't hate your parents because of that, um, or resent them in any form. You know, they're doing what they can, I suppose. But I, I think that uh, that's too general. Um, it's something I never liked about Susie Orman is that she she categorizes everybody into one pool and gives a blanket answer. Same, she does that with real estate. She does that with credit cards, insurance, everything. Yeah, Orman, I think, is one of those people that she's out of her mind. First and foremost, I, did, I developed a strong hate for her one year when I was watching a Christmas television. You know, I'm single, by myself, all by myself. And Susie Orman comes on, and she's talking to a group of Africans, literally Africans, in a church in South Africa, and saying, you know, money will set you free. Money is all power. And I'm like, that is just the craziest thing. I, I want people to have money for retirement, only because I don't want retirement to be up unattractive. Um, she assumes because she's able to sell this crap to people 
that it's good advice. It's not. Most of our advice is pretty awful. Um, it's for the lowest common denominator people. But anyway, telling a group of people like money will set you free and money's power, like in South Africa, it's probably a little bit more about family than it is about a, Mer- a, a brand new Mercedes or a Buick. She was a, a, a pitch person for Buick, right? I believe so. Yeah. Putting people in new cars, anyone who has any financial savvy says nothing, no on the new cars. Okay, okay, back to you. Okay, back to you. Back to you. Um, do you have a goal where you're going to live in retirement? Um, it's kind of in development. Okay. You know, I think it, it it's something that it, it's going to, we have a house, uh, we have a couple houses and, you know, we're considering moving back into one, maybe selling it. You know, there's, you can't move back to that. No, 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 but maybe, not that one, but moving, yeah. moving, it's an investment property now, maybe doing 1031 exchange into a vacation area. Yeah. Um, turn, uh, saving the taxes on that during, during the 1031 exchange and then maybe moving in, into that at some point down the road. So, no, I don't have a solid plan yet. Okay. So, do you have a will or trust? No. Okay. Just think about that. So you're starting to get that age. Everyone should have. Like, if there's anything you want to give me, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, bequeath me. <laughs> bequeath me, like, a sack full of toenails or something. Anyhow, it's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook, I Hate Rob Black. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Online at robblack.com. It's a Friday. No. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.